You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 614. You need to be honest with yourself. Like, do you and your partner communicate well? Because whenever there's issues that come up, because we have different styles of how we run our own businesses. We have different styles for how we like to lead team members. We have different styles on how we like to even set goals. Mm -hmm. So when both of us who are both very strong personality types, both successful in our own right, are trying to tell the other person, no, you got to do it this way. It's like, it requires like a lot of communication and a lot of patience. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I have a couple of my students, Ariel and Derek Dillon, and they're a part of my virtual real estate investing mastery coaching program. And I'm super excited for them because, first of all, they're the first couple I think I've interviewed. I have not interviewed an actual couple yet. And I really want to talk about working with your partner on this episode because I know there's a lot of people that want to get into this with their boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. And I want to know, even I'm interested, like how do you guys make this work? But before we get started, let's introduce you guys. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having us. So, okay. You guys joined my coaching program sometime in August and you have made $30,000 total? Yeah, $30,000 uh, since we started. That's amazing. I mean, that it's we're filming right now early January and you started, I think, probably tail end of August. There's always that period of actually having to listen to the course and like absorb the information. So how long would you say as far as when you first started taking action, did it take you to finally get those deals closed? So for us, it was a very interesting story because I decided one day, because we were listening to the podcast and I'm like, Derek, how do we like get involved in this? Because Derek has a background in real estate. As for me, I have a background in accounting. So I just like asked him, I'm like, how do we get involved with this? And he forced me to sit down and listen to the wholesaling podcast. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this. Let's try this. And Derek being someone who he takes immediate action, he doesn't wait to do anything, which is one of the things that I really value in having him both as my life partner and business partner. And within, I think, the first two weeks of us just throwing spaghetti at the wall, we already had our first deal. And this was um, right before we enrolled in your course. So I honestly, in hindsight, have no idea how we even did that in such a short amount of time, but it kind of gave us the confidence that, oh, we can do this. Like we can make this a real thing. So I think after that, that's when we kind of really started to figure out like what kind of systems do we need? What kind of schedule do we need? And like really figuring out all those details. And that's when we invested in your course. So because then once we had that first deal, we're like, okay, so that was like 
a gift from the world, but like, how do a we get, sign. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, how do we get the second deal or the third deal? So that's mm-hmm. when we invested in your course and started going through it and realizing like, oh my gosh, we need to use this software or we didn't even think of doing that. Or even just some of the templates that you gave us were just so crucial in closing like the deals that we've done since then. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like I like to say before you get into some kind of coaching program, but you're more just surfing YouTube and listening to podcasts, the mm-hmm. podcasts and YouTube give you vision, but they don't give you direction. Yeah. So a lot of people come to me with all these ideas, but they are, it's like a very crooked path. They're going all over the place. They're turning left and turning right and kind of not knowing um, what to invest their money in, you know, when it comes to marketing campaigns, like what programs and software should they buy? What list should they pull and then work on? Um, it's so easy to screw this up, I'm telling you. Like you could have maybe landed on the wrong YouTube video from some guy that lives in like Northern Virginia and maybe some random list works for him you know, in Northern Virginia. Um, But maybe that's a niche thing and he doesn't have a ton of experience. He just has that one piece of experience of this list work for me. And everybody in the country can see that YouTube video and then they apply that technique and they find that it doesn't work like, or it didn't work for them in their market. And, you know, that's because they stumbled upon a YouTube video that gave them some vision. (laughs) And you guys got, I mean, I don't want to say you got lucky because you earned what you did there with your first deal. But you got lucky that whatever vision you had was the right one and at least put you into, you know, a marketing campaign that worked and you, you know, ended up getting a deal out of it. And then that was kind of your sign from the universe of let's take this money, invest it and keep learning and get that direction. And now you're honing in, you know, your skills. My course gives kind of a a really good framework, a recipe, follow my recipe. It absolutely works. When you've done like 10 deals, go ahead and go off recipe and try different things if you feel like it. But, you know, and I think that that's the value of coaching programs. You guys, so yeah, 30K in, you know, just a few months, which is amazing. And now you guys both have, and we kind of skipped over this, you guys both have your own careers. You guys both do things full-time, right? So what do you guys both do? What are your industries? So I'm a accountant by trade. Um, I have my own virtual bookkeeping business. So I work with a lot of young millennial women who are starting online businesses, whether that's online coaching programs. So I'm actually very familiar with the coaching space, or if they are yoga instructors in the online space or marketing consultants, or really any kind of millennial entrepreneur who's using social media to market their business. So I work within the books for them and like kind of provide them like financial guidance. So a lot of, a lot of numbers for me. (laughs) That's a really, that is such a cool like niche to be in right now because it's very, it's very right now. So that's really cool. And then Derek, you have a very interesting job. Please tell us more. <laughs> I, I'm still looking for a word that clearly defines the job. It's kind of, I, I call myself a firefighter sometimes, but what I do is I, I have a clothing brand called Cleaver. And uh, when coronavirus wasn't happening, I would uh, work with uh, metal bands touring, helping them sell merchandise. So I don't really know what to call clothing brand owners. You're a clothing brand owner. So you're an entrepreneur and you've got your own clothing brand, but what is the niche or what is your theme? It's 
Uh, kind of like the horror industry. Horror movie lifestyle brand. It's uh, very murder lifestyle. Yeah. Just say it. Murder <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, uh, teenagers love it. <laughs> so uh, pays the bills, and and I do love it. I think that is so cool. And honestly, you can feel free to take a coin, murder lifestyle, put it on a shirt. That's uh, yeah. fine. Just send like, me a shirt that says yeah. murder lifestyle. Will do. I like that idea. It's that like, is so, yeah. That's so probably the most unique thing that I've heard that somebody industry that somebody is in. Yeah, um, so, weird. yeah, it's weird, but it's awesome. I mean, and you know, you found something, there's a niche, people are interested in it. So it's so cool. So you're, you guys are both entrepreneurs. You guys are busy with that, but you know, you wanted to, you know, pick up a side hustle. So how many, like how many hours do you work in your wholesaling business while you're juggling these careers? Is that combined? <laughs> Let's or, say combined. Or, We're going to call combined. you, you guys are a one unit to me. Okay, okay. Okay. Maybe 10 hours a week. Yeah. Because we were smart and we hired a, um, a VA right off the bat because we knew like with our schedules as they were, we're already working like full time, if not more full time within our own business. So we right away, we knew we needed help to do this. So I think for the first deal, Derek put in a lot more hours with cold calling. But like once we had like that money come in from the deal, we immediately hired a VA to like start helping us with the texting and with the marketing. And enrolled in the course. Yeah. So in the very beginning, it was a lot less, but now that we're, we're kind of like, we've taken the last month to figure out a way to restructure our own businesses. So that way we can dedicate more time to the wholesaling and figure out how to scale this without neglecting our other businesses or our relationship in the process. So it's definitely, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a learning curve to it, but I feel like in the past to close those deals, it's been about 10 hours, which that's not that much. I mean, no. talk about it like 10 hours. There's a lot of people that have a spare 10 hours. And I mean, you've in a few months made $30,000. So it's like, if you think of like what you could do, um, I mean, I think that's really inspiring to a lot of people that, you know, have jobs that maybe they make, you know, 60,000 a year salary. You know, that's a half of somebody's salary, but they work full time, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy to just the amount of financial freedom that this business gives you is amazing. And the one thing, you know, that we both, you know, we relate on that we both have the struggles. We live in a pretty high priced area. So you join virtual because you live in California. You, you guys live in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this business is tough and it's very difficult in an area where real estate is so valuable and sellers are very aware of the value of their homes in LA. Did you guys try doing this in LA at all? I think we fooled around with lease options here in LA. That's for like a day. For, yeah, <laughs> for, for like, like one day. You're like, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, because <laughs> sellers are very savvy here in Southern California. Everybody, no matter how old or young they are, they know the value of their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know what their neighbor's houses are selling for. They are. And it's part of it's like cultural. You know, there's this cultural thing of like, we live in Southern California and the Sunshine State. And like, you know, it's more of a cultural thing that just everybody knows that if you own a house here in California, like that's your biggest asset. So it's really hard. Uh, you're lucky that you didn't at least try to make California work for a while because it's, it's really tough to make it work. And it's frustrating. So at least you kind of had that foresight to go virtual before you wasted too much energy and got too discouraged. Because what a lot of people do is they start in these areas, California, Miami, New York, like not knowing 
because they listened to a YouTube video from some dude in Northern Virginia who's doing this and it works and whatever. So then they're like, you know what? I'm in New Jersey and I'm going to try it here. And the same technique doesn't work there because it's a completely different market and same here Southern California. And they give up, like they're over. They're like, this business doesn't work. Like, forget it. And it's like, no, it does work. It's just that it doesn't work where you are from very well. You can do it. People do deals here. It's just difficult. And it's going to cost you a lot of money in marketing dollars. Let's talk about couple goals. So you guys are so cute. Couple goals over here. I love the idea of like couples working together. I've always had this like fascination with it. Like I'm single. Well, I have a boyfriend, but I, you know, single mom. When I started this business, I was married and my ex didn't really have interest. He had his own career. It was, you know, his career was, was doing well. He was growing in it. So he didn't really have interest in going, you know, with what I was doing. So I was doing it solo. I've always been doing it solo. And, you know, now, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm opening up my life to, you know, people. And, you know, I have a man in my life who actually has flipped houses, funny enough. And we're very compatible. Like we have very similar, you know, careers and we've talked about working together. I want to ask, like, how do you make it work? And also, like, what are some of the, obstacles because I think it's important that we don't go into things with blind optimism. And yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, I could I could be blindly optimistic and yeah, we're gonna work together. It's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be great. And like the company's gonna grow. We're gonna make all this money and like we both get to quit our full-time jobs. Awesome. Like that's probably the blind optimism. But in reality, working with your partner, is it all that great? Is it all roses and butterflies? Depends on the day. I would say that like, (laughs) we're actually very good at communicating with each other. So I think you need to be honest with yourself. Like, do you and your partner communicate well? Because whenever there's issues that come up, because we have different styles of how we run our own businesses. We have different styles for how we like to lead team members. We have different styles on how we like to even set goals. Mm -hmm. So when both of us who are both very strong personality types, both successful in our own right, are trying to tell the other person, no, you got to do it this way. It's like, it requires like a lot of communication and a lot of patience. And And I'm (laughs) difficult. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're both, I would say we're both difficult because we both think that our way is the right way. So did you guys just go in it and sort of assign roles? Like, okay, you're obviously going to be the financial one and then you're more probably marketing or, you know, what did yeah. you do? So we figured out like what our strengths were. So when we first started, he was handling acquisition because he is a marketing genius. I don't know how he does it, but like Derek is the one of those kind of guys where it's like, I'll, I can sell you my pen. Give me two minutes. Like, I, I don't know where he gets it from. I think it's because he was a real estate agent in his past life. So, no, no, in my younger life, in my early 20s, I, w- I was a real estate agent in New York City and the Hamptons. Wow. And, okay. And I didn't want to do the footwork of driving buyers around to look at properties and having sellers complain. Uh, and that's how I stumbled onto wholesaling. And I was doing that in, in Philadelphia. So I already kind of had an idea of wholesaling, just her not really knowing as much about and having no experience. It was a little bit, uh, it was a fun learning experience to watch because she really enjoyed it. And that's all I was hoping to see was passion out of her. So, so yeah, so he was handling all of like the acquisition side. And then once we would have a contract, it would kind of be like, he would pass it off to me and I would figure out disposition or 
finding a buyer or talking to buyers or marketing it in Facebook groups. So we kind of had like designated roles. So we weren't always in each other's business, but at the same time, I needed to know what was going on on his end and he needed to know what was going on on my end. So it kind of, um, I think that was like the easiest way. But now he's starting to let me take on um, some cold calls, <laughs> which is a learning curve. So it, it was great because he had the experience. But at the same time, it's, it was so strange me having to go to him every day like, OK, what am I doing today? Like, give me OK, boss, man. Like, what am I working on today? It was like, that was like a, a little strange for me because usually I'm in charge. So yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like, because somebody's kind of got to be in charge a little bit. So yeah, I mean, is it that must be kind of weird to like you're change that role of like, okay, now you're the boss for these eight hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially when she's the boss of the household to begin with. Mm-hmm. She's got to take orders for me in real estate. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a good yeah, no, that's really tough. Yeah, that would be really hard for me. And I'm not good at telling, I'm not actually that great at telling like my partner what to do. <laughs> I'm more, I'm not that bossy, I don't think. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm very easygoing, sort of like, eh, whatever you want to do. Like, what do you want to, what do you want to eat tonight? Whatever you want to eat. I'm that, I'm kind of that partner. That's more like her. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to be like, call these 10 people, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't know. That's how I am. And it doesn't work well with her. Ah, okay. He would tell me to do things and I would be like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Would you ever like where he would tell you and you're like, why don't you do that? Like yeah, all the time. Really? But, yeah. But like, then but I, I realized, yeah, but then like, but that was like a me issue, you know? And like, I realized that I was the one like causing hiccups in our, in our business that we're trying to grow just because I wasn't willing to, I don't want to say take orders, but let him take charge. But I think like our biggest point was that me just like surrendering, like, okay, you know what you're doing here. You've done this before. You know what's going on. I just need to listen to your advice. But it also required me to learn on my own because there are times when it's like, well, I don't want to ask him for his advice. I don't like his advice. So then and during those times, I would have to go on like a YouTube spree or go back to your course or have to learn for myself. So that way I learned the skills to gain the confidence where I wasn't asking him every five seconds is this is what I'm doing. So right. yeah, so it's kind of like my own little d- development and journey. But now that I feel like I kind of like understand how all like the wholesaling pieces go together. We can actually just have a conversation about it rather than him like, you got to do this X, Y, Z today. And me just being like, well, I don't want to do it because you said it. (laughs) Right, right. And we have different schedules. Like our schedules are completely different. So like recently, like she's just been doing like her tasks on her own. And then I kind of just do mine throughout the day and check in with people. And I I think it works much better this way because now that like we found a way to find the trust in working with each other and she knows what's going on. Yeah. So, so that's want to make her feel like a baby. <laughs> but I kind of am in the real estate world. Right. <laughs> like, that's fine. But you know what? Like you're gonna learn it and then take like your kind of your financial strengths and probably improve there. Yeah. He might not have that skill. Because since he was handling acquisition, he was giving me numbers and I would, I would look at those numbers. I'd be like, that doesn't make sense. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like I'm not selling it for that price. Cause I would be the one trying to find buyers. And I'm like, I'm not going to find a buyer for that price. And the last one we closed, Lauren was the one that helped us uh, get that price down. Cause we had to renegotiate the contract. We locked it up at a price that was way too high. And that was kind of like our acquisition manager's fault. 
And um, then I think Ari texted you like saying, hey, we got this property. The contract's about to run up. How do we get this lower? And I, I don't know what you told her. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I think it was um, in one of the posts that we put up and they were just, we just had to be honest with the guy. Be like, we won't be able to buy it for this price. But if we went down to, we had to go drop it. it 10, 12, no, no, it was 12,000. 12,000. 12, oh, he, yeah. he came down and then we ended up selling it, which we wouldn't have been able to do. Like, cause I was ready to just give up on that contract. So I just was kind of just chalking it up as a loss. And she kind of put a fire under my butt said, no, don't let this thing die. No, ask for the reduction. Because, you know, chances are like, there are so many investors out there that seller was knowledgeable. He's probably had other offers on the property that were the price that you tried to reduce it to. Did. And, but then he sort of thought he might've gotten lucky and, you know, by getting you guys to agree but he was secretly kind of crossing his fingers, holding his breath a little bit of like, okay, let's see if they actually, you know, when they come tour it, are they going to actually be able to pay this or want to? So I guarantee that's what we found is our sellers are not surprised that we come back and say, we can't pay that. And chances are they'd already gone through maybe two escrows or kind of entertained several offers. So they know like you're being fair and they're just ready to sell. So... That's actually what happens all the time. So I recommend like when you can't make a contract work because you go see the place and you find some sort of unforeseen repair or the house is in worse condition, you just have a conversation with the seller. Hey, Mr. Seller, did you know that you've got a really old roof that really like it needs to be repaired? Like it needs to be replaced and that costs this much. Could you see yourself, you know, adjusting the contract to 93,000? That's how I say it. I like to say adjust the contract to 93,000 sounds a lot better than reducing your price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to so, save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to find better ways to say things. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's really cool. And then you saved the deal and got it, right? Mm-hmm. And got an offer uh, over ask. And that's like, it's beautiful when that both works, like on both <laughs> ends. Like where you got one, you pushed one up, you pushed one down. Like that's the sweet spot that we love. So that's amazing. And I think it's really, you know, great that you guys are in this together because this business is hard. And I 100% needed a partner my entire career. So what I did instead is I just hired someone. When I hired this person, I think five or almost six years ago, his name is Hi. A lot of you guys know who Hi is. Yeah. And you've, or you've seen him like on some of my stuff or videos or whatever. I see his name almost. You see Hi's name all the time. Did you know, actually, we have a student in our group called Hi, his name is Hi Nguyen, same name, which is funny, but not the same person. (laughs) But anyway, so I hired Hi when I think I only had two years experience. I was like, hey, I just need like a right hand man. Like I'm going to, you're going to be my assistant. You're going to learn everything. I'm going to teach you everything. And you're just going to be able to replicate me because I am busy mom and I don't, you know, I can't always take seller calls. And so I just gave him some initial job roles of like lead intake. Like he mainly had to handle the lead intake and like updating Podio and put in following up with leads. And then I did more of the acquisition role. Of course, I've scaled it since then. And High now runs my company. Hi runs my company. I mean, he is my work husband, so to speak. I have implicit trust. He's a signer for my company. We don't talk all the time. Like it's very like he closes the deals. He approves pricing. I trust him fully on that stuff. 
you know, I got really lucky there. So I did hire. So I guess if you don't have a partner, spouse that wants to do this with you, you could do what I did and just hire someone to be that person. And I hope for anyone that they get lucky and find someone like hi, because I found somebody who was actually like believed in me as a person. And he stuck with me for six years. And hopefully everybody, you know, can find somebody like that or they can do it with their partner like you guys are doing. So, well, you guys are awesome. How can people get a hold of you if they have any questions? Do you guys, are you on the social networks, Instagram? Yeah, definitely. So you can reach out to me. It's um, Ariel Jalosi. So I'm not sure if you want to like put the spelling in the show notes. I will. I will tag you in the show notes. What about you, Derek? Are you anywhere? Uh, I'm on Instagram, but I don't want to um, scare uh, the listeners uh, with my handle. It's uh, Derek Dylan six 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 on Instagram. <laughs> I love it. I'm totally gonna look. Up your, I'm totally looking up your murder lifestyle. Okay. Oh God! <laughs> I, I keep him out completely of my uh, of my business Instagram handle. Just because <laughs> like you. I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. It's an online persona in itself. So it's kind of like this point. You know, it's it's like I'm an emo kid that Never turned it up. into a job somehow. That's amazing. That's <laughs> so cool. I think it's amazing. So. Well, I'm best friends with like rock stars. I grew up listening to like, you know, I mean, it's cool and weird. And I wish I had a private personal Instagram. That was uh, a little different. So if you look me up, be warned. I'm sure we won't miss it. So I will put that in the show notes. And you know, guys, if you guys are listening to this and you are interested in a coaching program that is more specific to being virtual. I have a virtual investing program, all things virtual investing, virtual wholesaling. If you guys want to check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com, we've got a great group. Ariel and Derek are in it. And yeah, we're having fun. Students are killing it, crushing it. Um, living anywhere, you know, investing where they want. That's what I want to say. I always say. So if you guys are interested, apply there. And you guys, I'm so proud of you. Hopefully you guys are going to close a lot more in 2021 and we'll have you back and you can update us on, you know, how you guys have grown this business. Definitely. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. Same here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.